Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you so much, Lord, for bringing us here tonight. We want to thank you, Lord, for your word. As we've seen in all of our presentations thus far, Lord, we've seen that your word can be trusted. We've seen, Lord, that you are reliable and that you care so much for us, Lord, and that you want us to be ready for your coming. And Lord, we see also that you've given us warnings that there will be deceptions that will come. And we pray, Lord, that as we um, study tonight's message, Lord, that you would um, help the truth to be clearly seen. Lord, help us to be able to identify the characteristics of a cult, Lord, so that we are not deceived by one and so that we can uh, stay true to you in these last days. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The 911 call, oh, thank you, Mark. The 911 call was made in Rancho Santa Fe, California. It was a typical Wednesday afternoon in March of 1997. The voice on the other end of the line uh, said to the police, you may want to check on the residence at a particular address. And the address they gave was an address to a beautiful mansion overlooking the Pacific Ocean. The police were mystified by the call. The home was in an upscale neighborhood, uh, a beautiful community. Houses in the area ranged anywhere from $1 million up to $10 million. And the home in question was valued at $3.5 million. The home had a tennis court. It had swimming pools. It was a wonderful mansion. What could possibly be wrong there? But the police decided to check it out anyways. And as they did, the story unfolded and made headlines around the world. It was the story of a bizarre cult leader by the name of Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. When the police arrived at the home in Rancho uh, Santa Fe, there was no sign of life in the home. As they checked each room to their absolute horror, they discovered 39 dead bodies. Each individual was lying on a bed in a black jumpsuit wearing track shoes with a bag at the foot of each bed. On their bodies were three pieces of identification. There were their birth certificates, their driver's license, and their passport. Each of them had taken a mixture of vodka and phenobarbital, and they committed mass suicide. Do you guys remember this story at all? Each one had closely cropped, uh, had a closely cropped haircut and there were 18 men and 21 women that lost their lives. So who were these members of Heaven's cult, uh, Gate cults? Who were they? Were they dropouts from society? Were they wandering homeless people? Were they people who just couldn't make it out on their own? Who were they? Well, one was a middle-aged school teacher who had taught school for years. Another was a well-respected postal worker. One was a housewife, a mother of five. Most were intelligent and fairly successful people. They were normal people, but there was one common denominator which bound them together. They were all searching. They were looking for inner peace. They were looking for direction in their lives. And one of the great reasons, friends, why cults are exploding around the world is that so many people are confused about the direction of their lives. They're looking for answers. They're looking for purpose in their life. And for many of the cult followers, the church has let them down. When the church waters down its biblical message, 
when there's little power in the pulpits of our churches and when there's little of the Holy Spirit transforming lives, truth seekers look elsewhere. When the power is lacking to make drunken people sober and prostitutes pure and angry people to become kind, when power is lacking to turn dishonest people into honest people and greedy people to unselfish people, honest-hearted people go and search elsewhere. When the church is so cold that people look for love in cults, when the church has little love, little warmth, little biblical teaching, people will look for answers some other place. People are looking for certainty in these last days. They're not looking for confusion. When a preacher gets up and says, well, there's nothing really right and really wrong. You just decide for yourself. It's, it's up to every man to decide what's right or wrong. People leave the church. They go searching. They go looking for a definite voice. They go looking for something that has some certainty to it. This is what's happening in many churches today. A study uh, over a recent two-year period revealed that a, there was a 73% increase in New Age occult books. Growth in many occult movements and witchcraft has been stronger in recent years than, than even in the Christian churches. It's been growing faster than Christian churches. So why are people leaving Christian churches and going to the New Age? Well, because the New Age offers love. It offers peace. So, so who is it that's buying into this New Age movement? Well, unfortunately, friends, it's Christians in many cases. Many Christians are going to New Age bookstores. They're looking into astrology. They're looking into witchcraft. And the truth of the matter is, is that the reason cults are growing is because people are seeking they're looking, they're searching, but unfortunately, they're looking in all the wrong places. Tragically, many of the places that, that are going to lead them on a detour are leading them straight to eternal loss. And unfortunately, friends, many good people are being misled by the New Age movement. There are between 3,000 and 5,000 new religious movements that have sprung up within the last 25 years. That's an awful lot of movements that have sprung up. It seems like new religions are growing like mushrooms on a spring day after rain, like, a, like rain in the forest. They're popping up everywhere. And it used to be pretty easy to, to be able to detect the genuine from the counterfeit, but today it is getting much more difficult. But friends, the good news is, is that God's word has answers. Amen? It will help us to be able to determine what is true and what is false. When you look at the Bible, when you look at the book of Revelation, it clearly distinguishes between the genuine and the counterfeit. And tonight I'm going to give you at least five ways that you can test genuine and counterfeit religions. If you use these five tests, you will be able to distinguish between truth and error because it's not for me to evaluate right and wrong for you, but I can give you biblical principles for you to evaluate truth and error for yourself. What do you say? Each one of us has to be able to, to distinguish it for ourselves. So I'm going to share scriptural principles from the Bible on how to distinguish between false and the genuine. And what I'm going to share with you is going to be even more important in the days and months and years to come as the deceptions grow deeper and deeper. It's going to be 
It's going to be much more important in the days ahead when millions of people fall, millions and billions of people fall for the Antichrist power. He will look like the real thing. He will sound like the real thing. He will hold up his hands and thousands of people will be supposedly healed. So why do people accept counterfeits? The reason is simply this. They did not know how to distinguish between truth and error. They are attracted by the supposed love and the warmth and, 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 and some kind of authority figure in these cults. And when they finally become part of the cult, their mind gets so distorted, it gets so mesmerized that they cannot think and reason clearly. When this kidnapping of the human mind occurs, people become so confused, they become so brainwashed that it is almost impossible to see the truth clearly. So how can you identify a cult? Here are some distinguishing characteristics. Number one, cults have a single powerful leader who becomes the cult's messiah. Look at this. Marshall, look at this Marshall Applewhite statement about himself and Bonnie Nettle, his co-leader. He said this, an evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of heaven, incarnated in two bodies. So here he said that they were on the evolutionary level above humans and had been incarnated into two human bodies. He was saying that the two of them had entered into the heavenly kingdom and uh, it was just really crazy. He's basically telling them that they are supernatural beings. And friends, that should have been evidence enough for the people that were involved in this cult to leave, shouldn't it? It should have. If only they had understood the Bible and if only they would have under, been reading and studying, they would have seen the deception for what it was. In Isaiah 45, 22, God says, Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Friends, there are no substitute messiahs. There are no other true gods. It is the Lord God of heaven. Amen? He is the only true God. In September 1995, Applewhite referred to himself as a messenger from God just like Jesus. Friends, it's so sad to see this take place. Then there was another person by the name of David Koresh who led his followers to a fiery death in Waco, Texas. He claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be the Lamb of God. Then there was Jim Jones who claimed to have God in him. He led over 900 of his followers to kill themselves in the country of Guyana. And ladies and gentlemen, anyone who claims to be another Christ, another Messiah, is giving you a very clear indication that he is clearly a false Messiah. These cult followers believed that their leaders were divine. They believed that their word was the last word on any issue. And you say, well, I would never do that. I would never give my mind over to another person. But friends, if you let someone interpret the Bible for you without ever checking it out, without ever studying it for yourself, aren't you giving your mind over to them? If you think, well, this is what my preacher says. I've followed my preacher for so many years. I'm going to continue to do whatever my preacher says, even if his teaching isn't from the Bible. Then friends, you have opened your mind to the deception. You see how subtle this is? 
We can sit back as Christians and say, oh, I would never do that. But there are some who, when they hear new truth, they say, oh, well, I've been going to such and such of church for 50 years, and I would never change now. What has effectively happened here, friends? Well, without realizing it, they have given their mind over to that church, they've given it over to that leader, and they don't even sense that they've done it. Their mind is blocked, and they can't accept any further truth. Why not? Well, their understanding of truth is limited to what their preacher says. Whatever their preacher says, they believe it. But friends, they need to, we need to see it from God's word, amen? Don't believe anything that I say unless you see it from God's word, amen? <laughs> this is exactly why... Uh, this is exactly what cult members said about Marshall Applewhite. They said, look how kind he is. Look how loving he is. He could never be wrong. You see, friends, one of the devil's greatest deceptions is getting us to look at human beings rather than Jesus. It's getting us to obey human religious teachers rather than God's word. And God's plan is that we take our eyes off of any human being and we put them on Jesus. Amen? We need to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, Jesus said, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Friends, who are the elect? They're God's faithful followers. The Bible says that even the elect might be deceived by signs and wonders. Some say, oh, well, in this church over here, there are miracles being performed. And look at the people that are coming there. It, the place is absolutely packed. Look at this preacher. He's so sincere. The man is so genuine. But the Bible points out that sincerity is not enough. Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Friends, that way may seem right, but it's a way that leads to death. Look, if we leave here tonight and get home, if I were to leave here tonight and, and go home, but instead of going north, I go south, will I ever make it home? No, I won't. Of course not. I would probably end up in Portland before too long. I may be sincere, but friends, I would be sincerely lost. But sincerity is not enough. You can f sincerely follow error and be lost. Listening to a religious leader who you think is right will be of no help if he's leading you in the wrong direction. God says to beware of false Christs and false prophets. If possible, they could deceive even the very elect. So anytime we transfer our loyalty to a religious leader and exalt that leader to the place of God, we are on very, very dangerous ground, friends. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.3. It says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So what is that day that it's referring to here, friends? It's referring to the day of, uh, it's referring to the second coming of Christ, that day when Jesus returns. So the second coming will not come unless there is first a falling away. And when does that falling away happen? It happens first. 
And what kind of falling away is it? Well, the Bible continues. It says, And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the word perdition there means lawlessness. So the man of sin, the Antichrist power who rebels against God, is revealed first before the coming of Christ. Now, there are some people who teach, as we looked at last night, uh, the secret rapture theory, and that after the secret rapture, the Antichrist will be revealed. But the Bible says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come until when? Until the man of sin is revealed first. And what does the man of sin do? Well, the Bible says, the man of sin opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So at the end, the great cult power called the Antichrist sits in the very temple of God and declares that the privileges and prerogatives of God are his. He claims equality with God. But friends, any human leader that substitutes for Christ and becomes your religious guru is a dangerous individual, a dangerous power. Look at what 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 says. It says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So the Antichrist is coming, but it says here that many Antichrists have come. What exactly does this mean? Well, anytime you have religious leaders that are claiming to be Christ, people like Marshall Applewhite, people like David Koresh, people like Jim Jones, those would be classified under the many antichrists that have come. Anytime an individual holds a religious leader in such high esteem that they refuse to follow clear biblical truth, they are preparing their minds for the great manifestation of the Antichrist power that will deceive multitudes here in the near future. That's why the Bible says, even now many Antichrists have come. So anybody who claims to be Christ is Antichrist because there is only one Christ. Amen? There's only one true Messiah. But some people look at the word Antichrist and they get a little bit confused. They think, well, anti means against. Well, um, they think that this power must be totally against Christ, but the Latin word for anti is not against. Anti in Latin means another. So the Antichrist is not one opposed to Christ. He is one who claims to be Christ. He's a substitute or a counterfeit Christ. The text says, even now, many Antichrists, many people have come claiming to be Christ. And friends, that is how we know that it's the last hour. Anytime you exalt somebody in your mind to take the place of Christ, that person becomes for you another Christ. But friends, there are no substitutes for Jesus. Amen? There are only counterfeits. Marshall Applewhite and David Koresh were not, were not substitutes. They were counterfeits. Because the Bible says in Acts 4.12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what name is that, friends? That is the beautiful name of Jesus. There is only one Messiah, 
and that is Christ Jesus. Only one Jesus was born miraculously. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was brought up as an obedient son in the carpenter shop in Nazareth. There is only one Jesus that walked on Calvary's mountain. There is only one that climbed Golgotha's hill. There's only one that has nail prints in his hands. There's only one that wore a crown of thorns for you and for me. There's only one that had blood running down his face. Friends, it was a dark Friday, a, a Friday on which Roman soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross. And on Friday, he hung his head and he died. But hallelujah, friends, Sunday came, amen? And Christ was resurrected. And an angel descended from heaven and said, Thy father calleth thee. And that stone was rolled away. Praise the Lord. It was rolled away and Jesus was resurrected from the dead. There's only one Messiah who died and rose again, friends. He's our only Savior because there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And praise God that you and I can come to Jesus as our Savior. Friends, the function of every religious leader should be to get men and women to Jesus. Amen? That should be the main goal, is to point people to Jesus. And friends, that's the whole purpose of our meetings here at Unlocking Prophecy. And I hope that you've gathered that throughout the nights that you've come, is that this is all about pointing people to Jesus. Because he's the only one that can really give you a new heart. He's the only one that can take your guilt away. So let's get back now to how to identify a cult. First, cults have a substitute messiah. Secondly, cults substitute, cults substitute human teachings for God's word. What the leader says is taught is absolute truth, overshadowing even the Bible. After the terrible tragedy of Jonestown, in, in Jonestown, Guyana, where Jim Jones' 913 followers committed suicide, in their jungle compound, a selection of his taped sermons were aired by varying news organizations. And one day, Jim Jones was preaching and he had a Bible in his hand. And he was preaching, and, and, and as he was preaching, he was preaching to people that also had Bibles in their hand and they were looking up the Bible text. And pretty, pretty soon he realized this, uh, that they were looking up the text in the Bible and he dropped his Bible and he said, don't look at this book. All you need to do is listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is pure deception. Pure deception. When a religious leader's word becomes the absolute truth for the congregation, they are being misled. Notice what Revelation 18.23 says. It says, by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Friends, what is sorcery? Sorcery is trickery. It occurs when the words of religious leaders take the place of divine truth. But the Bible says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is what? Truth. truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth, friends. Friends, is truth a matter of opinion? My opinion versus your opinion? No, it's not. The Bible says God's word is truth. John 8, 32, Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
Friends, the more your mind is conditioned not to do what the Bible says because it's difficult, the more it is being set up for deception. Or the more it's being conditioned not to do what the Bible says because a religious leader doesn't do it, the more you are being led down this path of error. The mind goes that way. The mind that goes that way is opening itself up to the master deception that the beast power will have here in the near future. Why, you ask? Well, friends, if we fail to walk in the truth today that is so plain, we will eventually sell out the truth when the crisis breaks. When it becomes increasingly difficult uh, to follow the Lord and pressure is put on, it will be very easy for people to compromise if they haven't been standing for truth all along. Friends, if any religious leader distorts the gospel and does not teach Christ and him crucified, you know that that leader is a false religious teacher. If any religious leader distorts biblical principles, however much you respect them, you know that they are a false religious teacher. You can go to them and you can try to show them from God's word. I would hope that Any of you would do that if if you thought that I was preaching something that wasn't true, that you would come to me and we could study the Bible together and and I could see where I'm wrong. That that would be something that a good leader would want to do, friends. But there are false religious leaders that they make up their own rules and they superimpose rules that are not in the Bible. But beware of them, friends, because that can lead you to deception. Here's another sign of cult powers. Number three, cults manipulate minds. They coerce members into submission. Now, friends, the biggest cult power to ever attempt to take control in this world is called the beast power, and it's found in Revelation chapter 13. And two weekends from now, we are going to look at this beast power uh, actually, it's next weekend, rather. It's next weekend that we'll be looking at this beast power. So you won't, won't want to miss that. We'll be looking at 666 and the mark of the beast and how to avoid the mark of the beast. But friends, I, wanna, I want you to see here for a moment what some of the principles are of this beast power. Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 says that this beast power, he will cause all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Now, what exactly does it mean to receive the mark on your right hand or on your forehead? Let's dig into this a little bit. While many Christians believe that this is some sort of tattoo-like imprint that goes on your forehead, but friends, that is, I believe, far too simplistic. It's much deeper than that. Revelation is talking about a battle between good and evil. We have established that throughout our studies thus far. It's a battle between Christ and Satan. And Satan wants to enforce his mark on the right hand or on the forehead. But friends, God's mark, God's seal is only given in the forehead. Why? Well, what is the difference? It's, uh, the, the difference is, is that the hand is a symbol of pressure. It's a symbol of coercion or force. And so Satan says, if you don't do this, I'm going to force you to do it. I'm going to force you to receive the mark of the beast. I'm going to cause you to receive this. I'm going to put you in prison. I'm going to keep you from buying and selling so that you won't have any food. 
So here we see Satan says, I'm going to coerce you. I'm going to force you. This beast power in cooperation with Satan. Friends, people who receive the mark in the hand are people who did not stand for Christ. They did not have moral courage to follow Jesus. And they wouldn't stand up to, they wouldn't stand up to imprisonment. They wouldn't stand up for sufferings. They wouldn't stand up for beatings for Christ. And friends, if you can't stand up today for Christ, and if you're just going along with the crowd, how will you stand for Christ when the going gets tough? We need to be preparing now. Amen? We need to be studying God's word like never before so that we can be ready to stand during those hard times. If you feel, well, I can be different from my friends, what are you going to do, friends, when you are confronted with the beast and the whole world goes along with him. It's time to stand and be counted like Daniel, who purposed in his heart to follow God. God is looking for men and women today that are faithful and committed, that won't yield to temptation, and through the power of God, they will resist compromising, so that they will resist the beast and won't receive his mark in the future. The mark in the right hand is yielding to pressure. People feel coerced to conform. What is the mark in the forehead? Well, friends, Satan is cunning. He's a pretty smart guy in a very sick way. He says, well, if you won't yield to pressure, I'll bring all the intellectual arguments against you. He says, what difference does it make? It's just a little matter. Some are pressured to receive the mark. Others are deceived. They're mentally deceived by the deceptions of Satan. You see, friends, Satan tries to intellectually convince people, and if that doesn't work, he forces them. He forces them. He doesn't care which way you go as long as he gets you one way or the other. But God appeals to our logic. Amen? God lovingly appeals to our hearts. He appeals to our minds. He lovingly charms us and is seeking to win us with his love. But the beast uses force and he uses deception. But God doesn't use either. God only uses the weapons of honesty, integrity, truth, and love. Friends, I'm not making this stuff up. Let's read the verse again in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. It says, He, that is this beast power, causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Verse 17, And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name, or the name of the beast. You see, friends, cults will try to use force. Cults will try to pressure people, but Christ appeals to us, and he says, Trust me. God promises that you, if you step out and follow him, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Is that good news, friends? He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you step out in faith to follow him and you have a certain friend structure, you have a group of friends and, and, they, and they abandon you for following Christ, friends, God will bring other friends into your life. Amen? If you lose your job to follow Christ, remember that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and uh, he owns all the silver and gold on this planet. He can give you a new job. Amen? Friends, God knows how to care for his own. Don't accept a cult 
that has a counterfeit Messiah. Don't accept human teachings over the word of God. Don't compromise. Don't go with the masses in these last days. Christians who are more comfortable going with what their church says than what the Bible says are preparing their minds to be deceived. God is calling us today, friends, to make a decision for him. God is calling us to put Christ first in our lives. He's calling us to put the Bible first in our lives, to make time each day to study God's word and then spend time with the Lord in prayer. Because in these last days, deceptions will abound. One of the largest deceptions is described in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. It says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into what? An angel of light. Friends, when Satan comes in the last days, he will come as a being of dazzling brightness, like an angel of light. Satan will, will come manifesting himself through the Antichrist power. He will pretend to be Christ himself. What if thousands of people are gathered together, and what if people are apparently being healed at these meetings? What if this so-called Christ is winsome and attractive, but Friends, what if his teachings aren't in harmony with the Bible and he's deceiving people? Some think that Satan and other cult powers can't work miracles, but that is clearly not true. They definitely can. Number four, cults regularly appear to appeal to miracles as a sign of their divine credentials. For proof, let's look at the Bible here. Speaking of the Antichrist power in Revelation 13, 13, it says that he performs great signs. That same word can be translated miracles. He performs signs and miracles so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So the Antichrist says, look at the signs I'm performing. You want to see that if, if I'm from God or not? Well, look at the signs. Friends, in any generation, in every generation, Men and women have asked for signs. In the days of Christ, the Pharisees and the scribes said to Jesus, Well, if you are the divine Son of God, work a miracle. But friends, truth is never confirmed by miracles. God can work miracles, can't he? Amen. God can work miracles. He certainly will work miracles in these last days. But according to the Bible, there are also counterfeit miracles as well. So you do not judge truth by miracles. You judge miracles by truth, by God's word. Look at what the Bible says here. It says, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs, those miracles, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Clearly, friends, the Antichrist will work miracles in these last days. He will claim that these miracles are a sign of divine, a, a divine blessing, that he is blessed of God, and that he is the religious power that all should worship. But the Bible says that miracles alone are not a sign of divine truth. Pastor Jim Jones, as I mentioned earlier, he was the pastor of the People's Temple Church, and he would get up in his services and he would say, there's somebody over there in the back row with a kidney problem. Now you are healed. I feel the power, the healing power coming through me. 
He would say, you over there, you have a heart problem, and I feel that your heart is being healed at this moment. And all through the congregation, there were apparent healings that took place. His churches were packed full, and he was a popular mainline Baptist preacher for a number of years. And then his church went independent. But look, friends, these were false miracles. It led 913 people to trust this man into committing suicide in the jungles of Guyana. Miracles do not substitute for Bible truth. Amen? They do not trump Bible truth. They don't, they don't substitute for Christ. They don't substitute for the truth. Satan wants you to, to accept tradition and false miracles rather than God's word. He wants you to follow the teachings of man today so that you will fall for the Antichrist power tomorrow. But friends, if you follow Christ's word, you will not be deceived. Amen? If you study God's word closely, you follow it, you follow the Lamb wherever he leads you, God will be with you and help you to not be deceived in these last days. Here's the fifth point regarding cults tonight. Cults isolate converts from their families. Why, does, why do cults isolate members from their family? Well, cults want to control people's minds. Cult leaders don't want people to think for themselves. Cult leaders want everyone to march in lockstep. Cult, lead, cult leaders want large groups of people to be meddled into one. Revelation twenty-two seventeen says, And the Spirit, it's an appeal here in these last days, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Notice the Bible says, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Whoever desires, whoever wills, whoever chooses, this is what God wants. God wants us to choose him here in these last days. God has given us minds to choose, amen? He's given us the freedom to choose. God values freedom of choice so much, friends. We should never surrender our minds. We should never surrender our ability to think rationally and, and give that over to someone else. But we see that cults want no opposition. They want mass conformity. They want people to, to look and do and act the same exact way. And that's exactly what Marshall Applewhite wanted. That's what David Koresh wanted in the cult compound in Waco, Texas. They isolate cult members and say that they, they have to all live together. That's what Jim Jones wanted in Guyana. But friends, the God of creation is an amazing God of diversity. Amen? He created all nature to be different. Look at the animal kingdom, for example. There are over 10,000 species of birds and millions of types of bugs and insects. God loves variety. And he's a God that created people different. But, God, but, but cults don't like any variety, but God does. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but do what? Test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Friends, God has given each one of us a mind. He's given us reasoning abilities. Don't believe every spirit, and don't believe every person that claims to be a prophet. In these last days, there will be true prophets, and there will be false prophets. 
And friends, we need to test the prophets. We need to test the spirits, the Bible says. And what do we test them by? The word of God. We test them by the Bible. The reality of it all, friends, is that in the end, each one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Your friends are not going to stand before the judgment bar of God for you. We all need to use the minds that God has given us, and we need to use those minds to study God's word and to test everything in these last days. So here's how you can know if you're vulnerable to, uh, to a cult, to joining a cult. Number one, if you look to any human authority rather than Christ. If you accept the teachings of tradition rather than the word of God. If you are awed by spectacular miracles. If you fail to live by your own convictions, your own personal convictions. Friends, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Jesus gives us this invitation. He says, come to me, all who all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will do what? I will give you rest. Friends, do you have some burden tonight? Do you have some burden that you're carrying, some burden of guilt? Tonight, I present you to Jesus Christ. His hands are outstretched for you. Do you need to be forgiven tonight? Is there some habit that you need to be freed from and that you need God to help you with? Friends, Christ reaches out to you tonight. He's the one who can forgive you. He's the one that can change you. He's the one that can set you free. He's the one that will give you power to have victory over sin. Are you struggling with truth that you've been hearing in these meetings? Friends, I'm not asking anyone to follow me. I'm asking you to follow Jesus. I'm asking you to follow the Bible. And friends, Jesus is calling to us tonight. He's calling us to, to open our hearts to him and, and tell him, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to follow the Lamb wherever you lead me, Lord. Tonight, friends, I don't want to present to you the popular way. I don't want to present to you the way of mass conformity. Tonight, I present to you the way of Joseph and the way of Daniel, who stood for Christ alone. I present to you the way of Jeremiah, who stood alone for Christ. I present to you the way of the apostles who had the courage to preach the gospel even in the face of intense persecution. This Christ is worth standing for and worth coming to. He's worth giving your life for, friends. That's why the disciples, they knew this and they gave their life for the Lord. And they went out and proclaimed the gospel. Friends, Christ's invitation is still for you and for me. You may have a void in your heart, and it may seem that something is always missing, and that nothing seems to satisfy the longing in your hearts. Friends, Christ can fill that void in your hearts. He can give you everything that your heart longs for. He can offer you purpose. He can offer you peace. He can offer you power. Friends, will you bow your head tonight and ask him right now for that power, for that peace, for that purpose in your life? Let's pray together tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, we've seen that deceptions will abound in these last days. Lord, we've seen, that, that we've seen the signs uh, of cults, Lord, and, and how deceptive they are. And Lord, we pray that we would not follow any human teacher, Lord, but that we would follow you, the Lamb of God, Lord, that we would follow you wherever you lead us, Lord, and that we would test 
everything in these last days by your word, Father. Lord, there may be miracles that take place in this world, but Lord, we see that there are true miracles and there are false miracles. Lord, help us to know your word so that we can decipher the difference between them. Lord, help us to, to study your word like never before, Lord, so that we are not deceived in these last days. And Lord, thank you so much, Father, for giving us minds that we can reason, that we can understand, that we can, that we can grasp these truths in your word. Lord, you've given us your word because you want us to understand it. You've given us these signs because you don't want us to be deceived. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to daily study your word. Lord, the devil tries to distract us. He tries to get us so busy, sometimes busy doing even good things that we don't spend any time with you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, Lord, when we have ran into that trap, Lord, when we've allowed the devil to get us so busy we don't spend any time with you. Lord, help us to make time for you. Help us, Lord, to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, that we might be ready when you come back soon, Lord. Bless each one of us, Lord. May we continue to cling to you through these last days, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.